your Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Happy Friday, we made it. It is the weekend and this is Lockdown Blue Jackets. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Jay Foster. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me tomorrow after the game to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. So today I was going to talk about the Blue Jackets losing to Tampa Bay, but instead uh, I decided something a little bit more hopeful, I guess. Uh, and I sat down with Armando Velez of Lockdown Panthers to talk about the upcoming game, the trade deadline, and a little bit of round the league news. So uh, I will get right into it. Uh, so I'm here again with uh, Armando Velez, uh, host of Lockdown Panthers, uh, because the rules say that we have to play them this weekend. Uh, so I figured we would start off with just a little bit of talk about uh, the previous series. You guys just beat the Red Wings twice, uh, which shouldn't be a big deal, but I think to Blue Jackets fans will be because we just lost to them twice. Uh, but how how did the how are the Panthers looking since since the last time we talked? Yeah, last time we talked, uh, the Panthers have continued their their playing well, and just recently has been their first major skid, their first regulation skid of losing three straight, which hasn't happened all season. Then you lose a couple of players to injury, like Sasha Barkov with a lower body injury in warmups. Last time they last time they faced the Blackhawks just a few weeks ago. Patrick Hornquist gets injured on a hit by Zadorov. And then heading into the Dallas series last week, Aaron Ekblad goes down with a injury that's sidelining him for 12 weeks, which is actually very good news because we thought that it was possible ligament damage and that it could have been like a six to 12 month recovery. So there's a small chance that if the Panthers make it far into the postseason, that Ekblad could be making a return. But since the injuries of Barkoff and Hornquist, the Panthers have won four straight. So even before those guys got injured, the depth of the team was really starting to click, like a Carter Verhage, like a Patrick Hornquist, like a Nola Chari. And even a former... Blue Jacket and Alex Weinberg just scored the game-winning goal just last night against Detroit in overtime. So a lot of players are really starting to contribute to this team who aren't the big three of the Florida Panthers. Yeah, I saw that. I saw the overtime goal and I was like, okay, that's how you know that Joel Quenville and John Tortorella are very different coaches because I don't think uh, Weinberg would have seen the ice in overtime under Tortorella ever um but also like he's 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 having a pretty good season um considering I think last year he did okay for us but then the season before that I think he scored one goal total so 
it's it's nice to see it's nice to see him kind of picking it up uh performing performing well uh Ekblad injury was brutal um i didn't see it live i woke up the next morning and everyone was tweeting about it and i was like oh do I, do I want to watch this? And then I kind of watched it and I was like, mm, legs, legs shouldn't bend that way. Um, but yeah, it seems like it's just a, a straight, pretty straightforward break. Um, and he'll be hopefully back for the playoffs. 12 weeks is what? Mid-June, late, late June. And late with June, this so. pandemic, yeah, with this pandemic season, the playoffs are stretching to early, early to mid-July. Yeah. So, you know, fingers crossed. Um, so I think um, Hornquist will be back in tonight, or not tonight, tomorrow. Um, They're hoping. Will Barkov be back as well, hopefully? They're hoping for Hornquist to be back on Saturday. Barkov was almost ready for their game on Thursday, but Joe Quenville had him as questionable and said that Barkov won't be playing on in the Thursday game against Detroit. But so if we use in context clues, we're I'm going to assume that Saturday is going to be the day where Barkov makes his return to the ice. Yeah. Which is bad news for the Blue Jackets. Um because you know Sasha Barkov is is one of my like favorite players who is not a blue jacket to watch. He's just so much fun on the ice. He's so good. Um, Hornquist is a problem. Um, he was a problem when he was a penguin, where we had to see him all the time. Uh, for whatever reason, he just loves to score on the Blue Jackets, and it's like I say, it's it's a it's a real problem for us. Uh, so I'm not not excited at the prospect of of having him back. We've been telling you about it for a couple of months now. BetOnline.ag. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And the MLB is uh, in spring training, so pretty soon you can bet on that too, if that's what you want. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. The finale of RuPaul's Drag Race is coming up soon, so if you want to bet on who you think is going to win that, you can do that. Or if you want to place a bet on whether the Blue Jackets are ever going to win a game again. You can do that too. Uh, you've got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the new scores and odds. It is the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. All you have to do is head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. If you use promo code LOCKEDON, you get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Pete Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. That is Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Who who do you think we should, like Blue Jackets fans should be keeping an eye on? Who do you think is going to have a good series? Um... I, I would say Nolachari, who has been really taking the place of Alexander Barkov in the face-off circle. He's mostly been on the fourth line all season, but he's been more than capable of just shifting all the way to the first because he just knows how to win faceoffs. And Nolachari has been, he had just a two point night just the other night. And Carver Hagee as well, who was a player on the bottom six of the Tampa Bay Lightning during their Stanley Cup run. But with all the roster cuts and the salary cap 
issues that the Tampa Bay Lightning were having coming into this season, Carter Verhage couldn't stay with the Tampa Bay Lightning. So the Florida Panthers pounced. And right now, Carter Verhage leads the Panthers in goals. Sure, it comes at the expense of Alexander Barkov being out. So I don't know if he'd have more than him. But, you know, you you take it from a guy who's not the traditional core piece and who's on a two-year contract making $1 million each season for the next two years. So, and when I believe when he's done with that contract, it's going to be an RFA. So they have his rights for a while They're, I would assume they're going to protect him when the expansion draft comes around. So they're in good hands with having uh, Carver Hagee on their roster. Yeah, that might be one of the best pickups of the off season. I think uh, I remember watching him when, uh, the Blue Jackets played the Lightning in the playoffs last season, and I was like, "Okay, this kid's, this kid could be really good." And then obviously they didn't, they didn't qualify him, right? So he just they didn't qualify an offer, right? Yeah, so he just just left. Obviously, you guys picked him up on a a show me contract, and mm-hmm. he's he's showing you uh, he is going to get paid in a couple of seasons. <laughs> yes, is yeah. is the only problem, like. Yes. Uh, last time we spoke, we didn't we didn't speak in the previous series, but we did speak back early in the season, and a lot has changed with the Columbus Blue Jackets. At the time we spoke, we were talking about Pierre Luc Dubois being traded, but in between, there's been issues with Patrick Laine with John Tortorella. Then there was national media members saying, "Is Tortorella?" trying to get fired and then I, I i thought about that i was like okay trying to and and then i think about the contracts expiring after the season so it's not like he has a year left so what's the state of the columbus blue jackets as far as the coaching staff lane's relationship with tortorella and even management in general and what what does it what does it look like right now for the jackets um i mean uh, in my opinion there is there's not a scenario in which john tortorella returns next season um i don't know whether that's we just decide not to extend him or if he officially retires or you know i don't know that we fire him this season because like i just i don't see i don't see that there's a point um unless it's a case of like we're trying to promote from within. We want to give uh, Bradshaw, uh, who's one of my picks for the potential replacement to John Torella, um, unless we want to give him a shot at running the bench, see how he's doing before we like make it official. But John Torella will will not be back next season. Um, and it's been, as someone who defended John Torella a lot, in the beginning of his tenure with the Blue Jackets, who's been defending him basically up until maybe two months ago. Like, I I was a big Tortorella fan. Um, I know that he gets a lot of stick for, you know, the star players don't want to play for him. But, like, the fact of the matter is 80% of the league says good things about him. They You know, they'd run through a wall for him. And so 
I I didn't have a problem with I had a problem with some of the things he did. Um, he's made some pretty questionable comments about uh, things like kneeling for the anthem and things like that that have kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But like on ice, he gets results. You know, he's taken this Blue Jackets team that was basically kind of an island of misfit toys when he when he took over in uh, twenty sixteen, I think, um, and you know we we went to the playoffs four years straight with him, but he has kind of, um, I think this is, this is the end of his tenure with the Blue Jackets. I don't think this team can go any further with him. I don't know if it's a case of he's trying to get fired or if it's, he's just tired or what, but I think if, if John Tortorella wanted to go, I think he would, you know, I don't think he's a guy that's sticking around to like, try and smooth things over you know he's not a guy that that cares about that kind of stuff if he wanted to go I think he would just go um Mm. and I think him leaving mid-season would cause more harm than than good at this point um however I do worry the more time he spends kind of coaching line a the more that bridge is starting to burn I think um line a has he was pretty good last night um, in the in the game against Tampa. I thought he was he looked better than he had in a while, but the the problem is I think him and Tortorella are just fundamentally incompatible in terms of coaching and playing styles. Uh, there was an athletic article that talked about how they try and turn him into a two hundred foot player or a power forward, and I'm like, but you don't you don't need to do that. Like the guy's a potential fifty goal scorer. Like, can we not just can we not just let him let him play? But I worry that the longer the longer he and Tortorella are kind of in the same locker room, I, I worry that this is going to be him being like, well, I don't want to play for Columbus. It's like the, the, there's a bad taste in his mouth. He wants to he wants to leave, which is a problem that we have with star players. And I don't think they've all been like we talked last time about kind of players that don't want to stay. And mm-hmm. I don't think any of like I think maybe one or two of them have been coaching related, um, but besides that, you know, it's been a lot of well, Bobrovsky wanted to get paid, Panarin wanted to play on a bigger stage. You know, it's not a Tortorella problem with many with a lot of the players, but um, yeah, I worry that Tortorella is souring line eight on the Blue Jackets in general, and also just kind of ruining his development a little bit. Um, and I worry that, like, if if this season continues as it is, I don't know that Line A will be the same player that he was, you know, a couple of seasons ago. Coming up in just a minute, I've got some more of my conversation with Armando. But first, I've got to tell you about Built Bar. All month, we've been discussing which Built Bar is the best, and they finally chosen. Coconut Brownie Chunk was named the champion yesterday after uh, after our, our very own March Madness bracket for Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and you can get 15% off your next order. Built Bar is amazing. Uh, they are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Every bar is covered in chocolate. They've got nut and non-nut flavors. They have special edition flavors. What seems like every week. Uh, Coconut Brownie Chunk, the winner, is one of the best tasting protein bars 
Uh, obviously, it's popular with not just me because it won. Uh, my fellow colleagues here at Lockshot Podcast Network are a little bit mad about it losing to Cookie Dough Chunk, but I say they're wrong. I'm right. Uh, happy to announce Coconut Brownie Chunk as the Built Bar champion. Once again, to get 15% off your next order, go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15. Once again, builtbar.com. The best tasting protein bar. Be a waiver wire winner with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cohen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long Dynasty and DFS League. Follow the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. That is Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Yeah, and, and Lana is only 22 years old. He's only been drafted like a few years ago. Same draft as Pierre-Luc Dubois, if I'm not mistaken. And I think about it, I there's some similarities with Washington and Barry Trotz. I remember going into that 2018 season with Barry, Barry Trotz in the Capitals saying, if he doesn't win a Stanley Cup, he's gone. But he won a Stanley Cup and he was still gone. So it seems as a situation with the Jackets that even if John Tortorella, even if they make the fourth spot and they win a series or two, it might seem that he's gone regardless because just not the not even the play on if the play on the ice improves, but the relationship kind of deal with management players. And it just seems like they just need a new voice. So when it comes to trade deadline, one player that has been rumored that I've seen a little bit is Savard. And what what are you hearing from what are you hearing from the Columbus and on possibilities of him being out versus him staying. I, yeah, I think, I don't think he finishes the the season as a blue jacket. Um, I'm kind of at this point, um, I was talking about this with my friend a little bit. I'm pretty much resigned to, I don't think we're going to make the playoffs this year. I don't think even if we do manage to hit that fourth spot, we're going to have to play likely Tampa which is not a team that I want to play in the playoffs anymore. Like, I've done that. It wasn't fun. Um, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first first time was good. Second time, not so good. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, Savard, I think, you know, he's a, he's a right-handed defenseman. He will block shots all day long. You know, he's got... I don't... Um, I think he's decent. Like, I like having him having him on on the team I think he's been a really good kind of stabilizing presence for the younger guys I don't think he's a game changer but he has a lot of those like uh quote-unquote intangibles that teams love you know he's got grit which is meaningless functionally um yeah. but a lot of the stuff he does don't show doesn't show up on the score sheet or like the fancy stat sheet a lot of the time so I think a lot of teams are like yes David Savard works hard, blocks shots, grinds it out, you know, is a good veteran presence. So I think there's definitely there's definitely a market for a guy like David Savard. Um, I also wonder if we could flip uh, Riley Nash, who is not a big name on the Blue Jackets. Uh, I don't think he's a big name anywhere in the league, but he, again, he's very good at what he does. He is, um, I always call him the babysitter because he tends to just kind of hang out on the fourth line with two of our young kids. Um, and play that kind of defensively responsible center role. So I could see him going somewhere. 
Um, people keep talking about how we're going to trade Nick Foligno to the Maple Leafs, and I hate that with every bone in my body. Um, but I don't. Yeah, I don't see a. I don't see a situation in which we are buyers at the trade deadline. Even if we make the playoffs, I think it's this season is is functionally meaningless for us. But if if you're interested in a in a slightly used chop blocking defenseman, we have one. <laughs> yeah, uh, I believe I believe he's on an expiring contract too. Yeah, he's UFA. So, I, so even until the end of the season, I don't think I don't know that we resign him. We just have too many we have too many defensemen. So from the Blue Jackets perspective, it's great to get something back from him. And from the Florida perspective, with Aaron Ekblad being out for twelve weeks it might be good as a stopgap in between that. And Panthers have been rumored for other other players like Alex Elder of the Vancouver Canucks, Matthias Ekholm, and Brand, Brandon Montour of the Buffalo Sabres. So those are the defensemen that they're looking at as of right now for possible stopgaps for, for when Aaron Ekblad comes back. And Riley Nash is another didn't... one didn't pick up ghost despair like when he was I, I, on waivers like that should have been that should have been a no-brainer to me it's funny because so many people so many national people even whether it was athletic hockey show locked on nhl talking about it and it it's it seemed to to match but i guess joel quenville and bill zito didn't see a fit and saw the play uh and saw the play of him lately just going off and and I think that's all the time I have for today. Uh, there won't be a show tomorrow because it is the weekend, which is exciting. Uh, but I'll be back on Monday with a little bit more talk with Armando about trade deadline and things like that. Uh, and hopefully we will we'll get a recap, a win, maybe two. We don't know. Uh, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, I am at JTheGoalie. Tomorrow I will start covering Manchester Storm for the uh, UK EIHL Elite Series. Uh, so if you want to see what hockey is like on my side of the pond, then give me a follow and find out over there. You can follow this podcast at LO underscore Blue Jackets. Or you can email me if you have comments, questions, criticisms at LockedOnBlueJacket at gmail.com. Have a good weekend and stay locked on.